Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I'm so excited. When you come to, when you come to the house of God, God has, has several things he wants for you to do. And I'm going to tell you, routine is right now is a killer. And, and you have, you're in such a routine of everything. And, and COVID has forced us all to be in this place called routine. So much so you've made this routine a place of comfort for you. You're working from home and you're traveling at home and you've got all this stuff around you that you've made comfortable. But this is an uncomfortable place where I'm asking you to go because God is taking you to a new place. Where you were before COVID, God took you out of that place and you started to pivot. He took us all on a journey worldwide. But there was some spiritual implications because God is in all of this. Say, God is in all of this. God is in this moment. And he is in this moment with me. Say that. You're going to have to open your mouth and say, God is in this very moment with me. And, and so with this moment, in this place where you are, there's a new wine that's being poured out. It's a new wine. It's going to require a new thirst. A new thirst for this new day. We're not going back. Pastor said church won't be usual. It's obvious we're not going to go back because God doesn't go back. God isn't back. God is only here and what's in front of us. So I have to resolve one thing that I can't go back to church. So you can't even come to church expecting what we used to do because it's a new wine. Scripture tells us, let's go to that scripture, that in Matthew's, I think I have, I haven't listed. Yeah, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Jesus is giving this analogy that when things are new, we don't go out and buy old wineskins and, and put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Because for the old wineskins would burst from the pressure. The old wineskins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. Now, old and new has no reflection of age here. Don't get caught up with the old people and the new people. Don't get caught up with this generation that say, well, the way we got this intergenerational, no. This is not about age. This is about the spirit man embracing the new. Because the spirit man, your spirit man has no age. The spirit of the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit in these children, because we are first a spirit being. We're a tripart being. We have a soul. We live in a body, but we're first a spirit. The spirit of the children is as old as your spirit is to the degree that you know God. So God is doing a new thing with this new wine that you must require a new thirst and to go into this new place. Otherwise, the old wine skin will burst from the pressure. So you can sit back there and wait for it. I'm not back there. A great man of God, our own pastor, talked a message years ago about move with the cloud. Well, the cloud's gone, baby. It's gone. The cloud is somewhere else. But, say but. Say it this way, but. You know, you want to say, you know, you really want to say but, you really want to make a point and you're making your husband really mad. So I've learned to say to say it that way, but, yeah, that's going to soften you up. But God speaks with the new plans through a prophet. Let's go to that scripture. Who does he tell it to? How do we get this new wine? How do we get this new way? How do we get this new plan? How do we get this new direction? How do we understand what's happening first in the spirit? Let's get past this everyday stuff. Let's get past this news and CNN. That's all surface stuff. 
but I'm a spirit being. God, what are you saying to me in my spirit? What are you saying from my home? This is where I come to get fed. You go to Walmart to get physical food, but this is where I come to get spiritual food for my life because this spiritual food keeps me alive, and this is that very thing that keeps me going. Oh, I've been up all night and all day, and my spirit, man, is so full with words from God for you. And I need you to open up your spirit, man, and say, God, I'm thirsty. Pour this new wine into this skin. Pour this new wine into this vessel. Open your mouth. Pour this new wine. Stand to your feet into this new vessel. Make me anew, open your mouth. Old things have passed away. Old ways have passed away. Old thoughts have passed away. Old beliefs have passed away. Old understanding has passed away. Now I am here, God, empty. To receive this new wine. Jesus said at the cross, thy thirst. So I say, I thirst. You say. In your thirst is your healing. Somebody needs some healing today. In your thirst, seniors in high school, I'm on these seniors. I'm going to have a senior tea. I was thinking about Leah today. She's going to help me orchestrate that. In your thirst is your search. Say, I thirst. There's somebody in here who's desiring a financial. There's something you're on the edge, and you're going to have to make some decisions, but it's in your thirst. In your thirst is your financial breakthrough. Say, I thirst for this new wine. There's a marriage that needs to make a turn and not go back the same way. Oh, we've been so busy. We've been so, so busy. There's a new place for your union. And in that place, say, I thirst. There's a new wine for you. Lift your hands. Don't sit there with your hands in your pockets. Lift your hands. That's a place of of surrender to God. Nothing's going to fall on you till you open up your mouth. Nothing's going to come to you until you say, I thirst. And you'll sit right here and others will be drinking and you'll look around and you'll be dry like a cactus in Phoenix. I want you leaving out here soaking wet. Then you'll sing, no man will hinder me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word today. I think they're ready now. I think the atmosphere is set. We trust you that the word will go forth. We thirst. 2 Timothy 3.16 in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Let's get into the word. All scripture. When you come to the house of God, you're coming to grow spiritually. You come to get spiritual food. Now, I know some of you come for the fellowship. That's just a byproduct of being here. I come for the fellowship, too. But my first assignment is, God, what are you saying? 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is inspired. All scripture, everything in the Bible is God-breathed. It's breathed by God and men of God. And the word is useful. I'm reading from NLT. I like the New Living Translation. It's useful to teach us what is true. We want God's truth. We don't just want facts. We get the facts from the scientists and the doctors and the psychologists and what's happening in the word. And you all have a wonderful uh, slang that the kids say. I heard even my sister, Sarita Jake, saying facts. Ben says facts. You know, somebody says something, you all got this new thing, say facts. And so I just told Ben, I said, why don't you just say truth? Because the facts are the facts, but the truth are the things that last and they're eternal. Why don't we just switch on over to, to the, this 
Why don't we just get on over here in the spirit and stay over here? You, 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 you pick up the spirit like you pick up your coat and your shoes and your keys on Sunday. You pick him up, the Holy Spirit, and you're all on Sunday. And you go back Monday and you live in facts. I told you I hadn't gotten any sleep. I'm not over in facts anymore. I don't even know what's happening. One of the ministers stopped and asked me last week and said, so what do, what do you... What do, you, what do you think about the new Supreme Court justice? I told you I hadn't been able to look at the TV. Can't read what's on the line. I don't know what the, what the I can't even look at my Netflix. I'm not even on all my, all my series. Somebody said, what, what are you watching on Netflix? No Netflix, no spades. No, no spades. God, you mean no spades? No Netflix, no series? I was right in the middle of a series. So the, the, the minister says, so what do you think about the new Supreme Court justice? I don't know what I think about the Supreme Court justice. I just know the man said he was going to pick a black woman, and we're the smartest people on the earth. We got more degrees than all of us. It's not funny. We got more degrees. No, no, that's statistically. That's a fact. That's a fact. You like facts? That's a fact. It's not like we're smart because I'm saying we're smart. No, do the facts. We've been more college degrees, more institutions, more higher learning than anybody on the earth. So he, he said he was going to pick a black woman, messed everybody up. Why he doesn't say he was going to pick a woman and make her black? Why did he do that? Why didn't he just say, I'm going to pick a woman? That would have been all right. Messed up the whole nation because he called a black woman. Messed up all of everybody else who didn't want a black woman. Did they have one? He could have just done it. You are the president. Just pick somebody. So they asked me, what, you know, what, are, what are your thoughts? I don't have any thoughts. I know any one of them, four of them, I don't even know them. Any of them, they're smart. Just all of them are smart. Because we had to be better. I was raised in the deep south. You had to be better, the best, everything. So anyone they pick is fine for me. I don't, you got it. I don't care. Because she got it for life. I'll figure out later on when I need to know who she is. I might even meet her when I have to know her. So pick somebody. Say pick somebody. Say pick me. I'm next. I'm full. I'm thirsty. That's all you got to say. Pick somebody, um, President. Do your job. Going through all that. All scripture is inspired. It's God-breathed. So the one thing that it says it's inspired by God and it's useful to teach us, say teach me, what is true and to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. That's what the scripture is for. Not the church to make you mad and get offended and leave. That's what you come here to do to find out what is true and what's wrong with my life. That's why I like the NLT. Because it's just straight to the point. It, it will tell me what needs to be fixed. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Having been Catholic, the old King James and didn't help me with all these scriptures. So I asked my husband when I married him, I said, what's the best Bible for the children in the church? And what's the best Bible for me to better understand? He said, New Living. So that's why I've been with New Living for the last 29 years, because the word comes to correct me. Well, who does the word come through? It comes through our pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. It comes through the gifts that God gives to the body. We are the body of Christ. And there's only one body. It's not a Baptist body, a Catholic body, a Methodist body. It's just one body of Christ. And then God, because he's a God of order, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he placed gifts in the body to bring to us, to teach us. And then he gives us his word, which was inspired by godly men, and then given to pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, to teach us where we come and get correction and then we go back and we live a godly life and we succeed and we come back to hear the word of God but say but it doesn't work when we don't settle one thing and today I'm asking you to settle this and you have to settle that the word of God hold your Bibles up you have to settle wherever your Bible is and that this is my Bible. Say, this is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. I 
am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have. I can live. I can go where it says I can go. My life is dependent, is dependent upon the truth of God's word for my life, for my very life, for my very life. You have to settle that, that your answer is in the word and it's not on the television. Your answer is in God's word. And we come to the house of God to receive a word from God for our lives. We take the correction. We get the new direction. And then we run on. And then we come back and we're fed again. And we are just so blessed to have a pastor who teaches us and studies. Even when we're not studying, we have a man on assignment. And he has been on his post. We have a watchman on the wall. And he has been on his post. We have a pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, corrector, father, dad, uncle, brother, counselor, financier, businessman, medical doctor. We got it all in one package. And anywhere you need him to be, he brings that word. He'll tell you about your business. He'll tell you about how to raise your children. He will marry you like he did yesterday. He will stand before you. He'll stand in the gap. He's in the inner, he's in the gap for you. Oh, I pray that honor is restored to Harvest Church. Oh, I pray that. I pray that you stand in honor. I was honored by five, 499 people, and most of them didn't know me yesterday, and they stood and celebrated me, and they didn't even know me. 499 women didn't even know me in Kansas City. Oh, I pray, Harvest Church, that you don't get so comfortable with the vessel that you have. Oh, they worshiped and praised him and honored him at Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bishop Jakes honored him. Oh, if honor would be restored to the house of God of what we have here. I just told you, celebrate the children. You sit down on your man of God. Where you been? Where have you been? Wherever you've been, Bishop Steve Help has brought you a long way. All you got to do is reflect. All you got to do is think back. All the words you think and all the spirituality that you think you have and the wisdom that you try to impress your family with, you ate that meal here. You ate right here. You ate that meal right here. You ate from this table. You got fed appetizers. You got fed main course. You got fed desserts. You got coffee served to you. You got napkins placed on your table. You got water served to you. You got tea served to you. You got cranberry juice served to you. You got fed right here. And he's still feeding you. And you're still eating. But there's a new wine. I'm ready to drink. Let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. So when you come to the house of God, there's four things you're looking for. One, you're looking for information, and that's direction, information. You're looking for revelation. And the, the number one revelation that you must always have, this is the number one thing. Say the number one thing. The number one revelation that you must have, you must live with this revelation, that the word of God, this word of God is speaking to me. That's the main revelation, that whatever is in this word is for me. So you come for information. You come for a revelation. Those of you who are already praying, you're coming for confirmation. And many of you get confirmed. God, the man of God says something. You say, I just said that. That's just a confirmation. Pastor must have been, that's just a confirmation. Oh, Miss Hal, oh, that's just a confirmation. Oh, baby, you just, that's a confirmation. My child just said some confirmation. That lets you know you heard from God and you want confirmations. You want that. You want, you want it to be two or three people agree, touch and agree. Pastor, you touching and agreeing with me? I didn't even have to call you. 
You didn't even have to come by my house and lay your hands on me. That's my confirmation because I was praying and pastor was praying and I heard and the Holy Spirit said, and then here comes the confirmation. Say, thank God for the confirmation. Say, I'm drinking because I'm thirsty. It's a new day. Yes, 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 yes. And then finally, we come for fellowship and we get that. And the Bible tells us, forsake not the assembly. I don't take you for granted, so I'm not going to waste your time. I don't forsake this. This is a wonderful thing to see. It's a wonderful thing to see young people. And I see all these middle school and high school students. You church is coming. We haven't forgotten about you. Just give us a moment. We got to deal with your little brothers and sisters. We got to deal with them ones still in them pull-ups. So we're coming. You're next. So we're going to serve our, our youth as well. Today we're going to, you saw Pastor's message, and, and we're going to tie together. We're, I'm going to be with you a little while, a couple of services until God is done. So I'm taking my time. I'm not on how many times I'm going to be up. I don't know. I don't know. It's just when I'm done with you, maybe I'll, I can sleep. Okay? And so we're, we're adding together this cultivating confidence. And so Pastor gave us seven, seven ways, seven stages of cultivating confidence. I'm just going to run through it real quickly. Consecration, separation, information, saturation, deliberation, determination, expectation. It all ties to Psalms 1, 1 through 3. That all seven of these stages are in that word. Study that out for yourself. Study out Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Study out those seven stages. Begin to apply those seven stages in your life, and you will begin to cultivate this confidence as we were given the word by a man of God that this is our year of confidence. So if it's our year of confidence, all year we're going to be talking about being confident in that very thing that he, God, Christ Jesus, who has begun, he's begun this work in me. That he, God, Christ Jesus, is faithful and just to complete it. So today we're going to go a little deeper into cultivating confidence. And, and um, we're going to go straight to scriptures. And the, the title for the message is Courage, Your Fuel for Confidence. So now you're going to get fueled today to walk in this confidence. And let's begin with the word of God as we've already prayed. Let's go straight to Deuteronomy 31. And I pray that you catch this thing that God is saying. Deuteronomy 31, well, Moses is now 120 years old, and he's already taken the children out of Israel. You know that they were the children um, that were the Israelites were in Egypt, and Moses went and brought them out from Pharaoh's camp. You know that story, right? And so it's now, Moses is now 120 years old, and he promised that he would take them to the land of Canaan. And, and you're going to see some characters in here that are really important. I really want you to stay with me because... Now Moses is 120 years old. He's old. He's done his part. He promised that God would take him to the land of Canaan, was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And they left Egypt and they complained. Took him out of COVID. Plagues, 10 plagues hit Egypt. Put the blood over the houses. The Bible said they didn't lose not one of them. Put the blood over your house. 2020. Mass epidemic hit the United States. An epidemic is when a disease hits a country. A pandemic is when it hits the world. We came to the house of God. The prophet, because God speaks to the prophet. He shares the plans of God to the prophet. The prophet comes and tells the people spiritually what's happening. They tell us to go home like the children of Israel. Stay in your house. Keep all your children in your house. No school. What God's done before, he's doing again. He's the same. See with spiritual eyes. Get past facts and get in the truth. Dying in China. Millions, thousands, sick. Dying in Europe. Every continent, no continent is left out. America, we never saw this. We don't wear our masks. We, don't, we got all these rights. You're dying. You're dying. Rebellion. But the prophet said, our prophet, we won't lose one. Amen. Sitting down on your prophet again. The prophet said, we won't lose one. Amen. 
Did we lose one? You may be seated. So the prophet then brought the doctors in and the scientists came. Get the vaccination. And get the vaccination. The vaccination is not true. The bass is not true. Some didn't get the vaccination. Some got COVID. We didn't lose one. Because the prophet spoke. All right, so now you know we kind of think we're safe, right? So the the facts, the fact, the fact people said you can you know you can go out, masks don't work, you know you don't have to wear your mask. So so you know we we try to don't wear the mask thing for a little while, and then so we don't have our mask with the restaurant because we won't go back to the old wineskin. We won't go back to the old right. We just want the old life. We want to go back to Egypt. Let's work for Pharaoh. Let's go back in there. Let's be slaves to whatever Pharaoh has. Let's just go back, Moses. Let's just go back, Moses. Moses, why can't you brought us out here in this wilderness now? People complained. They never entered into the wilderness. They never entered into the uh, to promised land. The people complained so much. They complained so much that they never entered in. Minister Jones, they never entered in. Oh, God, I pray we're not those people that we're going to complain so much if we're in the mass, not in the mass, in the house. I pray that we're not those people. I pray we got that new wineskin. But God was looking for a generation that Joshua. Joshua was the guy. Joshua and Caleb, the 12 spies. See, God wasn't done with Joshua. He sent them out. Moses said, while they had left Canaan, go out there and see this new land. It's a new land. Go out. 12 spies went out. Say 12. 12 spies went out. Say 12. Say 12 spies went out. Say 12. Jesus had 12 disciples. Jesus had 12. 12 spies went out. Only two came back with a good report. Caleb and Joshua, oh, we can do this. We can hear it. We can do this, Moses. We can do this. Young man, young warriors, we can do this. We're, re we're, we're ready. We're ready for this. We're ready for this. We're ready for this. We're ready for this. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this thing, Moses. Say, but Joshua. Joshua was on assignment, Deuteronomy 31, 23. Then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words. Oh, let's go back, Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. Moses is now, he's 120 years old. The spies came back. Moses speaks to the people of Israel. He said that they had just left the Red Sea. So Jesus is, God is saying, 31, verse 6, So be strong and courageous, Moses. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So Moses is telling the people of Israel, be strong and be courageous. God is with us. Don't panic. God will go ahead of us. Don't panic. Say, don't panic. God will go ahead of us. He will neither fail us nor abandon us. Then Moses called Joshua. And as Israel watched, Moses called Joshua out of from among the people. And as the people of Israel watched Moses, called Joshua to stay with the watch. Say, stay on the watch. So Joshua is now calling Moses out because Moses is calling Joshua out because now Moses is 120. So out of all the people, he calls Joshua out. So Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, she said to him, be strong and courageous. Well, God had already told Moses to be strong and courageous. So now Moses turns to Joshua and say, be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors. He would give them. You are the one who will divide it, the land among them, as their grants of land. Do not be afraid, Joshua, or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So if you look at this, I want you to catch this, that God speaks to Moses and tell Moses what thus says the Lord. Moses calls out Joshua, next generation. And he tells them the very same thing that God told him. Let's go down to, let's go into um, Deuteronomy 34, 5 through 7. So Moses, 
the servant of the Lord, he dies now. He's there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him with a valley near Pethpura in Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years when he died. Yet, get this. This got me. Moses was 120 years old. Yet, say yet. His eyesight was clear. And he was as strong as ever. Say, God, may my eyesight be clear till my end. I'll see you. My ears will hear you. And I will obey till the end. So that 120, I used to say 90 was a good number for me. Because 99, my papa lived to be 99, my grandpa 91, my great-grandpa 94, my grandma 90, my dad died right turning 91. So 90 was kind of like my number. But I heard my man of God, my spiritual father said, 120 is his number. So I moved mine to 120, and I'm going to have clear eyesight all the way to the end. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Okay, so let's go over to Joshua. Let's change this minor. So Deuteronomy is all in. That's the end of Deuteronomy. That's the, um, one of the books of the laws. The next one is Joshua. Let's go to Joshua 1, verse 6 and 8. So now we know Moses is dead, right? And it gives you the prelude that Moses, my servant, is dead. But as I was with Moses, God is telling Joshua, I'm with you. So here it is. Joshua 1, 6 to 8. Be strong and courageous. The Lord is speaking to Joshua. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors, and I will give them. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Let's go to Amplified. Joshua 1, verse 6 through 9. Be strong, be confident. Your confidence. Be strong, be confident, and of good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong, he tells him again, and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right nor to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. I hope that you caught something in this scripture. Over in Deuteronomy, God kept saying two words, what? Be strong, talk to me. And what? Be strong in what? God spoke it to Moses. Moses said to the children of Israel, what did he say? Then God, Moses turned around to the young generation and said to them, what to, the, to, to Joshua? He said what? Then Moses dies after 120 years, and then now Joshua is left with the people of Israel. And then what does God say to Joshua? And then he keeps telling them. Then finally he just says, listen, I'm commanding you. He, why does God keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over? Why does he keep saying that? He's saying the same thing to you. Probably because Joshua wasn't what? He was not what? He wasn't strong. And he wasn't courageous. So you're waiting for a new word from God and you hadn't done the last word. Let me just go on and reckon and say, you have none of the last words that you got from the man of God that you ate at the table from your prophet and you waiting for, uh, for a new word. Say, but God didn't leave Joshua hanging. Say it. He didn't leave Joshua hanging. He told Joshua how to be strong. That's all this message is about today is what do I need to do. Say, what do I need to do to be strong and courageous? Come on, ask it humbly. What do I need to do to be strong and courageous? Ask it humbly before the Lord like you know. Because if you were, he wouldn't be telling you today to be strong and courageous through this vessel. You missed out. It's clear you're not strong and courageous. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling you to be strong and courageous if you would be telling you through this vessel. I just had to do a rewind for you. I had to rewind and play it back for you because you didn't get it. Because there's a vessel standing right here. That got a word from you from the Lord that I've been feasting on for seven weeks, night and day.
day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, all day, all night, all day, all night. I am strong and I am very courageous. Don't mess with me right now. Don't you get up in my face with some foolishness. Because I am somewhere that you don't want to do this. So the word for you right now, for this season, children of God, to walk in this confidence, to cultivate this confidence, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. You're going to have to be strong. Say, how do I be strong? Sit on down, let me tell you. You're not going to be strong saying you're strong. Walking around talking about your people strong, they'll boop, you're already out. And they'll think, oh, you're about falling out. Get knocked out so quickly, he just stick his toe out. You fall down. Oh, pastor. Like the little kid playing. Your mama tell you, don't jump, don't jump. You're going to jump. Stop jumping. Teachers tell you, don't jump. I work with the kids every day. Stop, stop, stop. And then they fall in, look up at you, start crying. One little boy was crying. I said, get up. You all right? Get up. Because your mama been running to you. Your daddy been running to you. You were playing with all them boys. You was running around. You fell. Get up. Shout, get up. And be strong. Say, get up and be strong. Say, stop crying and whining. And be strong. Cut out all that crying. And be strong. Just cut it out. Harvest Church, stand up. I command you to be strong in the Lord today. There's strength in you. There's word in you. There's an anointing in you. You've been in this house long enough. It's time to be strong. It's not time to be anything but strong. Be strong, Harvest Church, in the Lord, and be very courageous. It's time for you to take the land. It's time for you to take the land. Every time you come to Harvest Church, every time you enter these doors, every time you walk in these doors, Pastor Help is trying to get to you another piece of the land that's for you. That's land for you. I'm not talking about physical land. This territory you're supposed to be taking. God told us back in Genesis, go, replenish, rebuild, dominate. Dominate. Replenish the earth. Every time you come to the house of God, there's more for you to dominate, more for you to replenish, more for you to take back, more land for you. If you only be strong and courageous. We're trying to get to you your land. Not my land. We don't get our land. It's your land. So he puts minister me on. Joshua comes to you telling you about how to get your land. You don't like her. Truth, not facts. He puts up Minister Barry. You all about why his eyes closed. Why your eyes are closed, Minister Barry? He's trying to get you to your land. You're looking at, so, so, so caught up on. There's land for you. There's a place for you. There's a man assigned to you. There's a house of God equipped and prepared for you. And it is there to get you to your land where you and your family is to reside. Where your children and your children's children are to reside and take over the There's a place we have here in Kansas City, and um, it's our land. It's the Halps land. People in the, in the city call it Halville because it's our land. It's our land. The pastor told you get off rent and own some land. Because there's a place we're trying to get your land to you for your children and your children's children to live well. Be strong. And you be encouraged today. (laughs) 
let's get into how this courage comes. Because it's my fuel. My tank is overflowing. I got gas cans all in the car. I got them all in the backyard. Anytime I feel like I'm low, I'm going to fill up. Because I'm full. It's my fuel. So I can walk in this confidence. See, confidence is just your outer garment. Courage is that thing that's in your chest. It's on the inside. That spirit man is standing up so tall in me. I'm every bit of eight feet something. I, I can dunk. I'm only five foot one. I'm 61 inches tall. Been that since the seventh grade. Haven't grown an inch since seventh grade. 61 inches. That's me. But there's a giant on the inside of me. There's a lion on the inside of me. There's a warring angel on the inside of me. There's an intercessor on the inside of me. I am ready to be strong, and I am encouraging you today, Harvest Church, be strong today. Because there's a new land. There's more land to take. There's nothing. There's something we have to do, and we are supposed to do it together. And you've been fed good. It's time now for you to take your land. Say, take your land. It's your land. You better take it. And the best part about it is sitting there laid up for you. Nobody can take your land. So stop looking to the right or left, looking to see what other people got. And your land's waiting like, what about when you don't come over here? Come on over here. It's waiting on you. Let's find out what he told Joshua because our answer is in this one scripture, six through nine. So God didn't leave Joshua hanging. He, he did something because he's a wonderful God. He said, Joshua, be strong, be confident, of good courage. I'm still in that amplified. He says, go on. He said, only. He goes on to say, only. Do it again, Joshua. God keeps saying, God keeps saying the same thing over and over. He, it's clear when he keeps repeating it. He wants us to get this. It's clear I'm not strong and courageous. You know when your mama say, come on, come on. Your parents keep telling you something over and over. It's clear they're telling you that because you didn't get it the first time. You didn't get it the second time. You didn't get it in the last generation, the next generation. Because God's the same. He doesn't change. The same thing he said to one generation, 120 years. He turns around and says to the next generation. Because God is still saying the same thing. Because he's the same yesterday and forevermore. So he finally tells Joshua, just could you just only be strong and courageous? That you may do according to all there is to win in this life. The first thing he tells God, he says, he tells Joshua, he said, this book, hold up your Bible. This is how you get strong. This is the first, this is the first measure of how to get this strength that we're talking about. He said, this is the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's step number one. Say the mouth. Say, oh, the mouth. The book of the law. That Bible that you said you are what you said you are, and you have what you said you have, and you can go away. That same Bible. See, you can't sit. That Bible, that Bible, look at it. You can't just pull that out on Sunday. Trying to look spiritual. You know the last time you looked at the word. I'm not talking about quoting the word. Bishop says, uh, Bishop says um, we can't just read the word. We have to declare the word. He says, so it can't, Bishop said that we can't just read the word. We have to declare the word. So the word has to be in your mouth, and you have to say what I'm saying. You can't say the facts. You got to say what I'm saying. Because when you say what I'm saying, I respond to my word. And he says, I'm with you. I'm with you going into that new land. I'm with you going into this new place. I'm with you going into this new job when you let me go with you. And the only way I enter in is through you speaking my word. That's the only way. He responds to his word. He responds to his word. He doesn't respond to your word. He responds to his word. When, it's, when you hear his word, he says, so shall my word be that going forth out of my mouth. It will go wherever I send it. Just when I send my word. So if you're in, you and God are saying the same thing, then you can stand to your feet right now and say, so shall my word not return to me void. Because I'm saying the same thing that God is saying. Because Amos 3.3 3 says... How can two walk together unless they agree? So I agree with God. And since I agree with God, whatever I say is according to God's word, it's not going to return to me void. That's the power of me having what I say. 
because I'm strong and courageous today. The word can't depart your mouth. God's word cannot depart your mouth. He said, Joshua, how do you do this? The word got to be in your mouth. The word of God says, and the word is nigh thee, is in my heart, is in my mouth. The word is on me so much that that's all I hear when I speak God's word. Minister Andrew said, that's the word. The angels are moving because I spoke his word. Open the door, favor the word. She's coming through. Go on, open the door. The girl coming. She's coming. Open the door. I'm going in. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get this job. This is my job. This is my promotion. God says promotion comes neither from the north, neither from the south, neither from the east, neither from the west. I need this promotion. God says he sits down one, raises up another for me. So one is sitting down and somebody is raising up because this is my job. Because God said it in his word. This position is mine. You're going to sit down somebody and raise up somebody, and I am that somebody. Shout, I am that somebody. Go get your promotion this week. Go get your job. You trained enough people. It's your job. Go get it. Take the land. Take the office. Take the position, and take the raise. I don't know who that's for, but come back by next Sunday and tell me we got to give us a good testimony. Let one, somebody's going to come back, two spies going to come back and say, I got a promotion this week. I went on in. I took, I got it. And those of you shammers on your job, go home, go to work and go to work. All them shammers, promotion don't come to shammers. Come late, leave early, complain all day. All shammers leave this place right now in the name of Jesus. There's a work to be done. You don't know what shammers are. Sit down. That's in Louisiana. We call people shammers. That's the people who don't do the job. You know, when you walk up on them, I see them. You walk up on them, they'll talk. And you heard them, but when you came around the corner, you know, they're already talking. Then you come in, and all of a sudden, they start breaking up. and You know, they start going to the, that's shamming. That's shammers. I, my, my boss never caught me. Not on my job. I was never in this group at the coffee break and said, girl, we're going to finish this conversation because we know he's coming or we can hear him. I was always found working. I was working in the house of God when I got called to this house. I was working in children's church. I was working on my job when I got called out here. I'm found working. And I don't come to Harvest Church, and when I'm here, I'm working. I don't have time for your revelation. I got work to do. I don't have time for that. I'm not in a glory cloud. I don't have time for that. It's work to be done. Harvest Church is work. And it's work for you and your families. We want this right for you so you can live your best life and leave an inheritance to your children, land to your children, your children's children. So these babies who are singing, ride on King Jesus, mama's 40, baby's eight. Next year, in the next 40 years, mama going to be 40, uh, 88. Her grandchildren going to be up here singing, ride on King Jesus, because no man going to hinder us. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How does it not depart from my mouth is the question. Yes, ma'am. Two, but you must meditate. Day and night. Bring me Bishop's book on meditation. Bring me the book on confidence. Bring me his book, his new book on faith for them. Faith for um, maybe they all up here. Come on, Eric. The screen guy. Put up his book on meditation. Our prophet gave us success. Success through meditation. In this season, for the next ninety days, join me in reading the book on meditation. That's the only thing I want you to read. Don't pick up the book on confidence yet. You're not ready for confidence. I read it the other day. I'm not ready for it. We'll do that on those Wednesday nights, and we'll get into confidence because it's the outer garment of the inner garment of courage that you inquire, you acquire through meditation. I say it again. Let me rewind for the folks who, you know, got them people. What's she saying? You're not ready for confidence. It's the outer garment of the inner garment of courage that you only get through 
good class. So for the next 90 days, this is what I don't want you to do. Say, don't do this. Don't read the book tonight and say, I read it. Miss Alpha, they're going to come and give me this. I read the book already. I told you. You're going to read the book for how many days? How are you going to read a meditation book overnight and say you're meditating? I read it already. That's a, I read it already. That's in your old days. That's in your old wine scan. Read it in your new wine scan. So you can get a fresh word for right now. Just read it. For, just read it. Just out of obedience. Just read it. And this is how you, I'm going to tell you to read it. Read it one page and just meditate on the one page. It's going to take you 90 days to do that. Just read the one page. And meditate on it. And meditate is now, okay, what am I pondering? Meditation is pondering, thinking about it. Uh, what is God actually saying? It's, it's just giving you time to thoughts to, okay, what are you actually trying to speak to me? And then listen. Because God really wants to speak to you. He's going to tell you how to inherit that land you've been thinking about. He's going to tell you how to get that job. He's going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you how to do it. He's going to tell you where to go. He's going to tell you what to say and when to say it. Because God really speaks, and he wants to speak to you. He might even go back to a word you've heard before, but then he's telling you a new way of doing it. And I got a word in my time of prayer is that there's not new things. We're just repurposing things. I got the word that it's a, it has a purpose, but it has a new purpose. It's repurposing, rebuilding. It's a repurpose. How do, we, how do we take this thing and make it, give it a new purpose? And God will show you the new purpose for what we call the old thing. You'll get that in meditation. The word is where? Don't let it depart from what? So then we meditate. He's telling you this is your secret. Then he tells Joshua, okay, and then meditate. Meditate on, on what? Maybe just one word. I've only listened to one CD. I have not listened to anything else. So much so, and my husband has done this to me. I got him. I'm so happy I got him. Because I wake up every Sunday, and we listen to the same Dad Hagen CD for the last, like, 15 years. And we listen to the same Pastor Price CD, like, for the last 15 years. And so every Sunday morning, I got to hear the same tape. I, and, and I always hear something different. And so he's at home, and I'm listening to this. Day and night. If I don't listen to that one CD six or seven or eight times a day, when I go the break, the very break I get at work, I'm listening to it. It's in my ears. I was six, seven, eight times the same one CD because I'm meditating on one word day and night. Day and night. And out of one word, I am ready to. That's a God-breathed thing from God. You're eating from too many meals, too many plates. You stand still, be still, come in, run, sit, walk. Here. You don't know what to do. Do I be still and know that I'm God? Do I walk and not run? Do I sit and wait? It's your word. That's my word. Now it's your word to discover day and night. So I said I got pastor. So, you know, somewhere like about the eighth or ninth, the tenth day, I'm still listening to the same thing. I'm playing it all through the house. All on Google. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. Google plays it in the, in the, in the living room. Go to the bedroom. Hey, Google. Google's playing it in the bedroom. I'm in the basement on my phone. Hey, Google. So Google already knows. When I say Google, Google just gone and started. She's like, we know. We know. Hey, Google, play it from the beginning. Google knows. So Bishop said, he said, is that the same? 
You've been listening to Dad Hagen for 15 years. I think I got some time here right now. You owe me something. He said, is that the same? Yeah, and I hear something new every time. It's the same one. I finally got him. He is so sweet. I send my love to you today. Number three. After you meditate day and night, number three says, that you may, that you may, Joshua, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. So even with that, he's saying meditate day and night. You might or might not. That you may. Observe day and night that you may. Observe day and night that you may. I meditate day and night. You might, you, might do what, you might do what I said, Joshua. You might trust me. You, you, might not, you might stop listening to the TV. You might stop listening to the news. Just observe and let my, my word be in your mind that you might observe. You might observe. You might not observe. I come that you might have life, that you might have life. I come that you might, may, might, might. That's conditional. Will you obey or will you not obey? So you're looking across the room at, at the Johnsons. You're looking across the room at the Thomases. You're looking at the blessing on their life. Maybe they just observed to do what God said. And that's why they inherited their land. And maybe you just meditated, but you didn't do it. Because now there's an action that follows the meditation. You got to get up and do something, Joshua. Say, I got to get up and do something. So after you've meditated on that day, you got to do something that day. What do I need to do in this day? This is the day that I made. What may I do for you today in this day if I've observed to do what you said to do in the work? Oh, you can sit down and tell the thought pass and the thought gonna pass and all generations gonna be waiting on you to do it. And when you don't, they gonna, God gonna, you're gone, right? Funeral, it was wonderful. We love you, had a good life. God gonna say, and as I was with Joshua. As I was with Moses, as I was with Sydney, that's my grandma, 78 years old, Hilda died. As I was with Hilda, 62, Donna. I'm with you. My mother died at 62, and I'm approaching 62 this June. This is a real pivotal year for me. I'm not playing with this. I'm not playing with this. As I was with Hilda and Sydney, I'm with you. I don't act right. As I was with Donna. I'm looking for the one in the family. Somebody in the family got the mantle on them. Somebody in the family said, we can do it. Somebody was a Joshua and a Caleb in your family that said, we are well able. Grandma didn't want to go. Papa didn't want to go. Mimi didn't want to go. Nana didn't want to go. Daddy didn't want to go. Somebody got to go. Somebody in your family is strong and courageous. Somebody in your family, because God has called every family to live a prosperous life. And will your generation die out of will? What do your children have to take your place? Will you go? Will you go? We know it's on Gia. We know it's on Gia. We know it's on Gia. We know what's on her. She's down in that school. She's demanding. It's on Gia. That you may observe to do. Will you observe to do it? And then at the end, after you observe to do, you make your own way prosperous. And you have your own success. It's on you after that, God says to Joshua. Let's go to Joshua 1, 16 through 18, and we're about to close. because I think you got enough to get, go home and go do something. I think you got something to go do. Joshua 1, verse 16 through 18. Okay, so... Look, what, look what's happening here. God told Moses, Moses tell the Israelites. Moses calls out Joshua. Moses dies. Next generation. Say next generation. What I love about this is this is such a generational story. It's such a lesson in the generation and the power of God. 
Because God is after generations. He said, Abraham, I bless you, your children and your children's children. He's so after generational prosperity. And if you don't think the devil's after generational curses, you will be living in that. So mama lived in poverty and grandma lived in poverty and mama was on welfare and grandma was on welfare and mama died of arthritis and heart attack and heart disease and daddy died of heart attacks and heart disease and diabetes run through our family. You're just owning all those curses. You're owning that. You're owning that, all the history. The doctors want to tell you, you get to the doctor, well, it's in your family. I know it's not in my family because I'm from another family. I've been called out. I've been called out. I'm sorry, that curse died with all the people that died with it, but it's not in my lineage, and it's not in me. Divorce is not here. Hysterectomy is not here. High blood pressure, heart disease, I'm going to do what's right in my body, in my mind, in my heart, in my home, in my family. It's not in this generation. It's not with me. It stops here. So stop owning all that past sickness, and stop owning that stuff. Stop taking on that, because it's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. That you may observe to do. So we're over in Joshua. Okay, so here we are. Look at this last be strong and courageous. I got to give you one more. Joshua 1, 16 through 18. So they, now the people of God, are following Joshua. So they answer Joshua. We will do whatever you command us to. Because they didn't get into the promised land. Their parents died out. That's this new generation. If you're 40 years and under, stand up. 40 years and under, stand up. And 40 years and under is at home. You think you're going to get this? And I got told the E-Church, I got a word for you. I got a word for it. Anybody who thinks they can sit at home and get this. There was a woman with an issue of blood. And she heard about the prophet, Bishop Steve Howe. He was in the land. And she pressed, she pressed, she pressed to just be in the room with him. Not on the screen, not in your bed at your house. She pressed through to be in the place where the anointing was for. We'll talk about that next week. That she could just, if she could just touch what was ever on him, that the healing power of God would heal her body. And I'm going to charge everyone who can be in this room. If you would just press like you used to press. Press out like you used to press out. I got so many texts. I invited so many people to service today and on to a meeting afterwards. We have that meeting afterwards later. And they kept saying, I'm not going to be at service. I'm not going to be at service. But I'm watching. You're not pressing. You're just watching. There's something in your press that God is looking to see. And then he touches that person who presses. That's your word. Back to the scripture. That's y'all at home. Y'all, y'all, I'm not going to spend all that time on that. That's just press, child. They answer Joshua. So now they're following Joshua. We will do whatever you command us to. So now that I was with Moses, now the people of God said to Joshua, we will do whatever you command us, Joshua, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you, Joshua, just as you obeyed Moses. Joshua never left Moses' side. Even when he saw that they could conquer the land, Joshua didn't go out and start his own church. Joshua didn't have his little private ministry. Joshua didn't have his blog on the side. Well, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, that's right. And, and God is good. Everything they know, they know from Pastor Hal. And God is good. And he got his little own blog. And follow me and like me. Follow me like me. Don't follow my pastor. Follow me like me. Follow me like me. Like me, like me, like me, like Joshua waited for his turn. Because if Moses wasn't going to take him, he was ready at his turn.
So the people are now following Joshua. We will obey you just as you obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. So now the people of God are talking to Joshua. Anyone, Joshua, who rebels against you, your orders, and does not obey your words, and everything you command, we will put them to death. Be so, be strong, Joshua, and be courageous. Oh, if the people of God, they got the word. They stood by Joshua's side. We're going to get this land this time. Everybody died. We're going. This new wineskin, that was the young people. Fought, fought in and stand up. Fought in and stand up. Yeah, that's that group. Yeah. That's the group. That's the group. You don't go in, that's the group. We don't go in, that's the group. That's the group. It's on you like that. And how old are you? How old are you, Mignon? Yes, that's the group. Never left his side. Not out trying to do their thing. Got their own little private ministry and their own little followers. Little followers. I will say it, little followers. Got their little followers. Got their little followers. I'm going to call it what it is. Instead of bringing all your followers here, because when your time come, they're going to do as Joshua was, as God was with Dr. Steve Howe. Because the anointing that's on Dr. Steve Howe, that anointing, if you go back to Deuteronomy, study it out like Pastor said, before Moses died, he laid his hands on Joshua. Before Elijah died, Elijah was right there. There's something that happens in the transition, and you've got to be in place. And you can't get that watching on the screen. I think you got enough to do today. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.